Book 1, Part 1, Chapter 5 begins with guests leaving Anna Pavlovna's soiree. And here we will have two of the main characters act, Prince Andrei and Pierre. They are both Russian aristocracy, and you may ask, why does one have a very Russian-sounding name, Andrei, and one have the name Pierre, which you would naturally associate with a French protagonist. It was Catherine the Great who made French the official language of the aristocracy or the court of Russia. Russian was effectively the language of the plebeians, or the regular folk. It definitely reflected the importance of France from a cultural and political point of view. Catherine the Great spoke French, Russian, and German. She was born in Prussia, so German was probably her best language. She was responsible for adding much of Poland and also Crimea to the Russian Empire. Back to the story, André and Pierre are not together all that much, and both are two of the giants in terms of characters of literature. Knowing what lies ahead, there's almost an inclination to relish when these two characters come together and interact. Tolstoy gets quite descriptive in characterizing Pierre. He was uncommonly tall, stout, ungainly, and had large red hands. I sort of picture a young John Goodman or a Jeff Bridges. He had no couth entering or leaving a room. Tolstoy says that Pierre is quite absent-minded and goes on to describe that on his way out of the soiree, he grabbed the wrong hat. It happened to be that of a general's, a situation that got embarrassing. He picked up the fancy three-cornered hat of a general and had to give it back. He was always saved when he got himself into uncomfortable situations with his kindly smile and natural goodness. He had a natural expression of modest simplicity. His smile could cause him to be forgiven instantly or it could win over an entire crowd. When his political views about Napoleon got on everybody's nerves, in the sense that he was professing admiration for someone everybody was against, the kindly smile saved him. Tolstoy describes him as having a tremendous heart. Pierre is going to find himself getting throughout the novel some level of protection because of that special heart, and he's also granted quite a bit of favor, which seems like divine favor. Tolstoy's works are heavily influenced by scripture, and it's likely he was trying to create a character after God's own heart, much the way David is described in the book of Samuel. One of the principles in that book is that people see with the eyes, but God sees the heart. Prince Andri's wife, the charming little princess with the curled lip, is engaging in some small talk with Prince Hippolyte as they're leaving. The servants are assisting them, which is quite an ordeal. They have to help them with their fancy dresses, hats, coats, and get them into a waiting horse carriage. You might want to think the footman at Downton Abbey, a hundred years before, in St. Petersburg, Russia. Prince Andri is even described as wearing a sword. Andri brushes by Hippolyte, not wanting to pay him much regard, even though Hippolyte is speaking to Andri's wife about the delightfulness of the evening and the next event where they'll all meet, which will be some type of ball or gala. It's mundane banter Andre wants nothing to do with. But Andre perks up when addressing himself to Pierre and notes that these two will reconvene soon. The next part of the chapter briefly moves to inside the carriage, where the dull Hippolyte is speaking to the French immigré, the Vicomte, who notes the stunning beauty of André's wife and compares her to French women. Then the scene soon shifts to André's home, and Pierre is already there. He's making himself comfortable on the couch in the study. He opens up a book he grabbed from the shelf, Caesar's Commentaries, 
This has to be a nod to the great villain of the book, Napoleon, being among the great generals in history, along with Caesar and Alexander and Hannibal. Pierre starts to talk politics again, but André is not interested. André gives Pierre practical advice that one can't, at all times, say what's on one's mind. And then André asks Pierre's plans. Is it to go to the Calvary or the diplomatic service? Pierre doesn't know and finds neither all that appealing. What's being referenced is the cavalry division of the Russian army. This was a time in that army where senior officers were mostly recruited from aristocratic circles. The cavalry is a division of the army that's distinguished from the infantry and the artillery. The cavalry is characterized by the use of quite a bit of horsepower. This division is utilized where mobility is a primary factor. They could be used to scout and patrol. They could provide a level of mobile firepower and they could also break an enemy formation by driving through them. Cavalry around 1805 is a bit less effective than it was in the past because artillery can cut them down quite quickly. André points out that Pierre ultimately has to choose as that's what his father expects. A bit of background on Pierre is given here. Pierre was sent away with a tutor at the age of 10 to travel and learn at the various great cities of Europe. He then returned to Moscow at the age of 20 and his father sent him to St. Petersburg. He sent him to make a choice as to the direction of his life and to let him know what the result is. Pierre relays to André that he's not motivated to go to war against Napoleon. Rather, he would be motivated to fight on Napoleon's side, which makes making a choice quite difficult. He is crystal clear. He doesn't want Russia to join England and Austria against who he regards as the greatest man alive. Prince André responds philosophically. He says if everyone would only fight for his own convictions, there would be no wars. They both are like-minded in agreeing that would be a great thing. Pierre then inquires of André, well, what are you going to the war for? André responds, I'm going because the life I live here is not to my taste. He exhibits a level of great dissatisfaction. He seems to want something more, something bigger. But when he gets that much later in this novel... He's going to regret this outlook. He is truly one of the great literary characters in history, epitomizing that war is something you never chase. It's nothing to leave family over, especially if you have a good one, and that there's a difference between defending your country from an invasion and going to war for someone else's glory or your own pursuit of glory.